Hello all, this is Tom Imholt again for Conversations for a Better Life. We are on episode 3 in my uh, talks with Miles Woodfield. I keep on saying both his and my name very poorly, Tom Imholt and Miles Woodfield. So I don't know why that's important, but every I, I edit these podcasts and every time I listen to them, I hear myself saying it very poorly. So I just wanted to put it on the record as to what our names are. Um, this episode uh, focuses on our experience of um, having a mental disorder, uh, how we share it with other people, uh, what that means uh, in general for our, our identity, um, and a bunch of other stuff. I hope you enjoy it, as always. Um, I, I do this podcast because it is very uh, cathartic and helpful for me and my healing process, but also hopefully because um, it has a positive impact on other people. So if you have any thoughts, um, even just about, uh, even just uh, positive or negative um, feedback as to how we're doing this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it on our Facebook page, Conversations for a Better Life, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy the episode. All right, welcome back everyone to Conversations for a Better Life. I'm joined once again by Miles Woodfield. Um, and this time we're going to be talking a little bit about mental health um how we share uh, our mental health with other people how we um relate to other people as people with a mental health disorder um and kind of go from there um so I, I, miles we were just talking about the first thing we would ask or the first question that we would go over but i think that we need to address something first if you don't mind um yes. do you mind uh, us both saying kind of like our diagnoses so that like people have a um, perspective on where we're coming from. I think we've kind of talked to, did we talk about this already? Am I going over something we've already talked about? Uh, in the I'm, first episode, we sort of talked about it in a very vague sense, but not really specifically. Okay. Well, do you mind getting specific? Sure. Uh, would you like me to go first? Sure. Okay. So I have, uh, bipolar disorder. I was diagnosed in 2010, 2010, I think. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I was treated for ADHD and, uh, depression, which is very common to be re-diagnosed in future, like later years as, uh, bipolar. Um, and, uh, I take medicine for it and therapy for it. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, there's really nothing comorbid with the, with the bipolar. It's pretty much just bipolar. Um, there's no OCD. <laughs> there's no, like, any of that stuff. It's just straight bipolar. I mean, there's enough, right? <laughs> it's enough, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not wishing for more. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's enough, yeah. Gotcha. Um, I've only recently been diagnosed. I, for a long time, was undiagnosed. But in the past year, I got diagnosed with... Um, Major depressive uh, or and and or depressive, not specified. Um, and then I've also been treated for general anxiety, but don't have a formal diagnosis for it. Um, currently, am not on medication for it, although that's probably something that I should be pursuing um, and go to therapy every week. So um, I wanted to start out, out off with that because I think um, naming the thing is rather interesting and is kind of a little bit of what we're going to talk about that um, when we say like we might tell somebody that we 
uh, have uh, issues with mental health or that we have a disorder. But at least for me, it's not as common to say exactly the things that I'm diagnosed with. Although I feel like I have kind of the um, like basic vanilla version of mental health. Like I have depression and anxiety. You know, it's like if if you were gonna. If you were going to guess if someone had mental health issues, that would probably be the one that you would jump to. So um, I usually don't feel the need to specify any more than that. Um, But I don't know when you talk about that, do you end up um, just saying that you have bipolar or do you end up just saying something as general as mental health? Um, I always try to skirt the word as much as I can uh, because it's uh, it's it's terrifying. Yeah, I would say it's, he- it's not heavy for me. Um, oh, it's yeah. heavy for, yeah. for for lay people, you know. Like, like I have friends with schizophrenia, and that's an even heavier word than bipolar, you know. Yep. Um, but the, the the idea of people asking, you know, uh, you know, whenever I whenever I talk about it, like with my students or with um, people in my in my in my uh, my staff that work with me, I pretty much just say like, oh, I have you know, issues <laughs> or, you know, I have, I, I get bluesy sometimes or, um, you know, like, like, Oh, I got to something like that. A lot of, um, a lot of euphemisms, but I never specifically say the word because, um, the word is terrifying for a lot of people. And honestly, even saying it right now is hard for me because I know other people are going to be hearing this. Right. Um, yeah. Um, so there's, there's like, there's that. Well, what? What if my boss hears it? You know, um, what if one of my students hears it? What if? What if? What if? And then, um, you know, they take yeah. it the wrong way because it, it's technically illegal to, you know, be be uh, prejudiced against a person with mental illness. But let's be real. That's not that's not the reality of the situation. So right. who know? Who knows? You know. Well, and you know, not to go too much into the concept of prejudice, but there's a lots of different levels of prejudice, right? Um, it it you know, classically, like in a job setting might be like, you don't get this job or you don't get a promotion. But in more subtle ways, it just might be, I don't trust you to get this done. Or I don't, or, you know, I'm not comfortable with you within a certain dynamic or, um, or just that I think that somebody that doesn't have these explicit things that they're dealing with might be better doing this. So there's all sorts of subtle ways that, um, you know, that you might have struggles with um, people not understanding your condition. Um, I mean, that was, and it's, it's interesting for me as I have um, gone about addressing my mental health over the years, there are certain things that I've gotten very comfortable explaining and saying, um, especially to therapists, but I think it applies also to people in general. Um, but it's, with therapists, I almost have a script. <laughs> like, there's a certain way I'm no, comfortable. No, I, I totally get it. No. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like, there's just a certain way I'm comfortable explaining what it is. And I've already, like, um, taken the ed- like the edge off of how that expression sounds to me. And so I'm comfortable saying it. But I'm not comfortable, you know, digging any deeper and expressing it. Um, and, I, and, that, and on a different level, that definitely applies to... Um, you know, to, to the general people in my life where, you know, I don't know if I've ever said issues, but just like mental health, um, or depression, depression is common enough that I feel like most people can relate to that sentiment. Um, maybe not to major, major depressive, but they understand like, you know, layers of, uh, or different 
uh, elements of depression with on the spectrum. So I've, I've become more comfortable with that. But even just saying that out loud, kind of like what you said, it's, um, I don't, I don't like the identifier. I don't like the, the identity. It feels a little bit, uh, self-fulfilling when I talk about it a lot. Um, so yeah, yeah. I don't know if you had any thoughts about that. Well, for me, it's the, it's, it's actually very different. I, I don't mind the identifier because it's a diagnosis like asthma or diabetes or melanoma for me. That's, that's the way I view it. Um, and yeah, for, for me, it's more the idea of some idiot is going to hear it and take it the wrong way. And then, <laughs> you know, something's going to happen bad. Um, and, 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 you know, th- there's this catch 22 um, being a teacher because I work with kids with mental health issues. Um, part of me says I could say, Hey dudes, I have the same diagnosis as you. Cause every, <laughs> I can't right. tell you how many times kids are coming to my room and they're like, I have bipolar. You don't know what it's like. And I would be like, yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> you know? Um, but I, and I want to be like, I do get what it's like and you can get through school and you can get through college. You can control yourself and you can be a successful adult. Um, but there's a catch 22 of how much do you disclose versus how much do you remain closeted for the sake of, um, you know, uh, securing your own future, but also helping out the people who you're helping out. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I wish, I wish that I could walk into a classroom and say, I have bipolar. Let's have a talk. Um, if I walked to a classroom and I said, I have diabetes, let's have a talk. Would anybody flinch? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I have a mental health issue, it's, it's, it's a different ball game and it's, it's, um, we're, we're still kind of in the dark ages. We're still working our way out of a hole, trying to get it to the point that we could talk about openly as a society. Yeah. So let's let's look at that first question that we talked about then. Um, you know, who in your life knows that you have an illness of some kind and why them? Why them and not somebody else? So for me, uh I keep the I keep my my um people who who are in the closet with me a pretty um pretty small group. Um I don't mind people knowing uh, as long as I know that they can be trustworthy. And the problem is I don't trust a lot of people. So um um, you know, my friends, my family, um, none of my coworkers know. Um, I think, I think a couple of them know that I have issues, issues, right? <laughs> um, but I don't know if they know specifically what I have. But that being said, if you look to my behavior for like 10 minutes, you'd be like, oh yeah, right. Um, but I haven't explicitly stated it to anybody in my job, uh, right now. Um, my students, absolutely not. Uh, my kids know. Um, which is really interesting, but my kids don't know specifically what I have because we don't want them telling people at school what I have, um, right. in case, in case teachers hear the word and they get freaked out, you know, um, what else? Um, that's really it. I tell strangers a lot uh, because it's kind of like a <laughs> kind of, it's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of it. Like it's like guys like to dress in drag and they're like, you know, wear women's clothes and they'll see a bunch of strangers and they'll say hi, like, like a thrill out of it. Um, it's kind of like that for me, but like with my health, you know, uh, like, Oh yeah, I have bipolar. Like, Ooh, what's that like, you know, to a stranger, it's a lot easier than if you, um, if you know the person, you got to see them again. So well, yeah, the, the pretty, stakes are not the same. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So pretty, 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 uh, pretty small group of people, I would say. Yeah. So, um, for me, uh, most of my immediate family knows. Um, they don't all necessarily know to the f- to the full extent about my, all my diagnoses, but um, and all all the things that I've been dealing with. But I, I try to be pretty open and honest with um, with most of my family about my condition. Um, so definitely my family. Um, 
uh, some people, it's interesting when, when you talk about coworkers, um, my coworkers I'm actually pretty close with. Um, so when I talk to them about it, some of them are familiar with my diagnosis. Um, and then some of them kind of like you were saying, like you, you kind of skirt around it. Like I've never openly denied anything, but I've also never come out and just said, Hey, this is, this is my life and this is what's going on in it. Um, so yeah, though that my family and my um my a few people at work that I'm close to, and then um a couple close friends that um that you know that I that I've ended up sharing quite a bit with are also people that I've that I've talked to about my mental health, um, but it's also I was once again I wasn't diagnosed really until this year, and my diagnosis is like really um not like depression not specified is like really unhelpful as like a thing to explain to people. Cause it, it literally is like not, it's just like, it, it's not specified. Like there's a lot of other things right. going on in there. Um, so yeah. So a, a couple friends, um, but, and, and there's a good example again of like uh, plenty of friends know that I've had these struggles, but do they all know exactly the things that I've struggled with and what I've gone through? No. You know, just a few of them that have been close with me for a long time do I discuss those things with. Um, and and th- I think this is fascinating. So this is interesting to me because I wouldn't really categorize you as a really close personal friend of mine. Um, and yet here we are. No. <laughs> no, right? Or at least not until recently. Knowing a lot yeah. about each other. Yeah, right. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? That, like, that, that common ground seems to uh kind of usurp any like like history that we have I mean, and and i would say even when we knew each other back in the day we didn't even get along that well uh no. so now so now <laughs> like yeah i take i take credit for that um but um you know now it's like we have this common thing and we actually relate to each other and, and I, th- I think that's really cool yeah i i would say it's it's a real lesson for me i've I mean, we were messaging earlier and i think i basically said that to you which was like um one of my least favorite things that people do is ask me how I'm doing because I hate, hate lying to people, but I usually don't feel comfortable saying like, you know, yeah, I haven't done much except work the past four days because the depression has been so bad. I just come home and go to sleep. Like that's not a comfortable thing for me to say to people that I'm not really comfortable with. Um, But the other part of the, that comfort can come in different elements. It can either be that I'm so close to you, I could tell you anything and it wouldn't matter um, what I told you. So that's one level of comfort that I have with like my family and close friends. But then there's another level of comfort I think that I have with you, for example, where it's like, I know, you know, at least most of what I'm experiencing, you have that common experience. So I don't think that it's going to shock you. I don't think that it's going to, um, make you make you judgmental or think less of me because you have that shared experience. So, um, that's, yeah, that's, that's a really good observation. And I think that it's, um, maybe a little bit unfair of me that, um, I usually won't give people the opportunity to be freaked out. I usually, um, will just end up like deferring the question of how are you doing? Um, you know, trying to lie as little as possible. Um, I, I don't like giving people that I, I don't like, I feel like I'm forcing them to react in a certain way and to react in a way that's, you know, acceptable to them and, and acceptable, uh, acceptable to me. And that feels like I'm putting a lot upon those people when I do that. 
you just said a lot. Um, yes, that's true. Let, let, let me, <laughs> let me, let me, uh, uh, okay. So, so, um, let's just, let's just, um, so if people ask me how I'm doing, um, I usually lie, uh, in, in, in comparison, um, cause usually it's like, uh, uh, a few good men where people can't handle the truth mm-hmm. um and if i tell people the truth they just stare at me like i have lobsters crawling out of my ears and it, it doesn't it doesn't usually end well um <laughs> you know like oh i haven't eaten in three days um oh oh <laughs> you know and then the problem, mm-hmm. problem for me is that people try to fix things right and they try to tell me that like it's not a big deal you know i just need to get outside I need to eat better you need to take melatonin you need to try essential oils let me and tell by you the about- way that i have <laughs> noticed that that gets worse the more the people actually know what they're talking about right yeah, I, so like the, yeah, per- yeah. the most dangerous person is like someone like me uh you know got like a bachelor's degree in psychology has never practiced or been certified but thinks he knows something about your condition i'm i like i have such a huge desire to like fix people and uh what i've had to learn over like the course of years is that one you're not nearly as educated as you think you are and two you need to be humble um and have empathy for people more than anything else so yeah i I just inserted that quickly to say that it's it's actually that that whole thing of like people giving unsolicited advice can, can be actually be worse the more that they understand what you're going through, depending upon the kind of personality they have. Yeah. I mean, even with my wife, like it's gotten to the point that my wife has learned when talking to me about struggles that it's not her job to fix things mm-hmm. and I don't want her to fix things. Um, she'll say, what can I do to help you? But she won't be like, you should do this. So if I say, Oh, I'm feeling really tired today. I'm feeling really stressed out today. You know, my, my my communicating that with her is not because I want her to make it better. I'm communicating that with her because I want her to understand what I'm thinking. And I want her to understand where I'm coming from. So if I snap at her, if I snap at the kids, or if I'm, you know, look, I'm going to go lay down for a few minutes. Or if I, you know, if I'm, if I'm feeling kind of stressed out and I hole up in my kitchen and listen to Sam cook for an hour like I mm-hmm. did this afternoon. The reason is it's not because I'm not there for you it's because i'm feeling a certain way so i really value really really value people who don't want to fix me because i think i'm smart enough and strong enough to fix myself i just need support to get to that point yeah um does that make sense yeah definitely um that being said there are times where i say look i need help right now (laughs) um and, and those specific explicit moments are times that my wife takes very seriously because they happen few and far between and i really appreciate that uh as well um, if, if I call her during the day, like at, when I'm at work, I guarantee you she'll pick up her phone. My wife never picks up her phone when I call her. It doesn't happen. She, she just like doesn't know how to use a phone. That's a joke. But um, she, just like she, she doesn't she doesn't call. She doesn't answer. And it, it's okay. It, it's like a it's like a personality thing. But if I call her at nine thirty in the morning, she will know something is wrong. She will answer the phone, and I know that. Um, so, so you know, there's like this. Uh, I don't know if you have friends with mental illness too, because I, I have a lot of friends with mental illness. Um, but like, but there's like this like boy who cried wolf thing that happens sometimes with people where they think that every little damn thing is like the end of the world. So then when they're actually in crisis and they call you, you're like, okay, go away yeah. because I tried this a hundred times and it doesn't work. And you don't know, listen to me. Um, and you know, so, so, so with, with her and I, uh, we tried really hard to work on that boy who cried wolf kind of phenomena so that we can make it so it actually matters when we are actually stressed out yeah 
I that is it's so hard for me to ask for help, especially when it comes to my um, mental health, because it first of all, I usually don't you seem to have a better idea of what it means, what kind of help you need. I usually don't know. Um, the more that I have like gone through therapy, the more that I have like studied myself, the more I've come to realize I don't really know like what I want and what I need very easily. Um, and so it's, it's hard for me to ask for help and to know what I'm, if, if what I'm asking is, you know, valid and legitimate and not, um, me being self-indulgent. Uh, it's one of my biggest fears is, um, maybe not to other people, but definitely for myself that I use my condition to justify really avoidable behavior. Um, like the sleeping is probably the the best example. Like I didn't need to come home after work and go to my bed and just not do anything for four hours. Um, I probably could have mustered the energy to do something productive, but I think I let myself indulge in that a little bit. And so I'm constantly at a war about trying to understand what's actually best for me in a given moment. So if I can't even figure that out, like for myself on like a moment to moment basis, it's really hard for me to know, you know, what to ask of other people because the things that I want in my head, it's very common that those are not appropriate things. Um, just to give you a quick example of that, um, with my depression, it's very easy to, to feel isolated. And I remember telling a friend of mine once that, like, I just wish that I, like, had structured time where the where I knew that I was going to see certain people, like, on a weekly basis, let's say, okay? Or I, I didn't say weekly, but, like, on a, on, like, that I could just know that, like, on this, at this time, I was going to see this person. And I didn't have to worry about the anxiety of asking them to do something. And she was like, well, how often would they, would that have to happen for you to feel like that your social needs were being met? And I and immediately in my head, I was like, I, I want to see somebody every day. And so, like, my brain doesn't have good limits about, like, what's good and proper and healthy for me. Um, so, yeah, that was – I once again just said a lot of things. I apologize, but I, I wanted to complete the thought with an example. So take no, uh- whatever you want with that. Um, we're, we're the exact opposite people. Um, if, 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 oh, that's good. I think that's good. That gives people if, if, like a, a, a spectrum to, you know, if, if, if I had, if I had my way, I would like have random strangers come to my house every day for dinner. Oh my God. Um, it would, would it would, it would, it would drive my wife nuts, but I would be like, let's have dinner. Let's have a drink. I want to get to know you. You're fascinating. Let's do this. You know? Um, so, so but but contrast that it's actually really weird because as much as i love like new things and and experiences and i love doing things that are fun and exciting and like like oh you want to eat crab shell let's eat crab shell like oh you want to eat some you know crickets let's eat crickets like like that kind of thing like i i just i love it i love every minute of new experiences i also love structure mm-hmm. uh so when i'm on when i'm on a crab shell let me explain the crab shell um i saw a i saw a thing that um you could get like little tiny candied crabs like they're like the size of a like a silver dollar and eat the whole thing shell and all and just sounds delicious and i want to try one um i have tried crickets and they're not all they're cracked up to be um anyway so so my point is on on breaks like like breaks from school or on weekends i actually really 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 struggle because i don't have a 
consistent pattern of behavior. So over Christmas break, which happened two, three weeks ago, my wife and I actually sat down and we made a schedule for me for every day Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I needed to know what I was going to do every day so I didn't have a complete meltdown because I was lost in the dark. So I like, I like, um, new things on my terms, um, not on anybody else's terms right. and, uh, very selfish, I know. Um, but you know, like having like back and forth like that, like the, 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 you can't really have one without the other. And it's frustrating cause you know, it's almost like I have bipolar or something where I want two things at once. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't, um, the, 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 the socialization thing is some comes so easily for me. Um, that it's a thing I really can't relate to, but I definitely can relate to the structure thing. Yeah. And I, and I guess the, the part of that, that I would be most interested in like, um, hearing your thoughts on is the idea of like, like, do you, do you feel that you like know what's best for you at all times and that you, uh, that you're comfortable with what your head is telling you as far as what you need? Because, like, I feel like I have phantom needs all the time, like needs that I made up in my head sometimes that are not real and not necessary. Um, so, yeah, I um, guess that. Do I think I know what I need all the time? That is, uh, I think I think the, the short answer is no. Um, I don't really think that I know what I need most of the time. Okay, um, more direct question. Do you trust your yeah. intuition on what you need in a given moment? Um, part of part part of the language on this, but absolutely not. Um, there's no way that I trust my intuition on this at all, mm-hmm. um, which is why I lean on my support system so much because my intuition is crazy, and I, as a person with mental illness, at times can go off the deep end. We talked about meta logic in the first in the first episode. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and and, and meta logic is a real thing, and like it, 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 my when I go off the rails. My intuition is totally skewed. So if it wasn't for my parents and my wife and my kids to be like, hey, dude, get your shit together, I'd be off the rails. So, you know, there are times my wife has to sit me down and say, you need to stop talking right now because you're going to say something stupid. Or you need to stop doing this right now because you're going to say something stupid. Or you need to give me the credit card because you're spending too much money. Or you need to, you need to, you need to. And again, those moments are few and far between. And she gives me a lot of freedom, which I really appreciate. But there are times when I, because I have a mental illness, need to be told what to do. <laughs> and um, that has taken years, years of humility and practice to come around to be able to do that. And honestly, I'm still not that good at it even right now. So, you know, it, it just it just depends on wh- where you're at. I mean, like you say you don't know. You, you have these phantom needs. But I mean, I've been doing this for a decade. You know, I was diagnosed a decade ago. So it, it comes with practice, um, you know, knowing Having a name to put to it and having a certain sequelae that goes with that name will help. Um, but also the idea of having people that you surround yourself with who understand you better and better and better as you develop, as you develop in your illness, um, how all those things will help you understand what those phantom needs are. Because there are days that I wake up and I'm like, I feel really off. I don't know what's wrong with me. And my wife will be like, oh, you need to have more coffee. Oh, you need to have some quiet. Put some earplugs in. Oh, you need to go for a walk. And I'm like, that's 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 it. Damn it, that's it. And I do it, and it works great. So it yeah. just it just comes with time. Yeah. Um. So I w- I'll I'll shift away from this if you're okay. Um, sure. One of the things we had kind of listed as far as topics for this podcast is um, so we already kind of talked about who we um, have shared kind of our diagnosis with. Um, do you feel 
um, like that's a kind of being closeted. Like there's a, a sense that you really can't share your identity with people. And, um, yeah, let's start with that. Like, is it, is it problematic that you can't share such a significant part of yourself with more people than the ones that you're sharing with currently? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Um, if I, if I had herpes, would I want to tell everybody? Right. Um, pro- probably not. Um, that's a, but, that's a private but, thing. But is that because <laughs> of the shame associated with how you probably acquired it? Or is that just because <laughs> of the nature of the illness? Oh, well, <laughs> okay. That's a, that's, a, that's a good question. I was going to say if, if I, um, um, yeah, I mean, probably the shame of how you acquired it. Um, I get that. Well, I just, what I mean is that it's not as though herpes is inherently more of a strange disease than like diabetes, as you were saying before, or, you know, like, um, it's, it's, I guess it usually is about the symptoms that you experience that you wouldn't want to discuss with people. And, you know, probably how, how that all transpired that you wouldn't want to discuss with people. It's like, there's so much else going on there that you just don't want to discuss. Like it's all the circumstances as opposed to the thing itself. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, and, and then of course the, the, the justification of things that goes along with all that, right. Um, the, the, the questioning, I, I guess like, I don't mind not telling people. Um, I, w- it's like, I want my cake and I want to be able to eat it too. I want, I, I don't want, I don't want people to know, but I want to them to be able to know and have it be okay. Does that, does that make sense? Does that make sense? You know, like, like, like if I mentioned it in a conversation with my boss, I don't want it to be a big deal, but, but I, right now I'm hyper-focused on not, on not divulging information in an inappropriate way. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I think that is really what I'm question. getting at. Um, like, what is it about it that makes it inappropriate? And I, I, I've, I thought about this on different levels with different types of ideas. Like, you know, there's an idea of like um, guarding your heart when it comes to intimacy, right? Like you probably shouldn't just go sharing all your deepest, darkest, darkest secrets with random people, um, especially ones that make you vulnerable. That's probably a bad idea because of the, of the pain that you might needlessly um, put upon yourself. Need Once again, needlessly. Um, some, pain is goes along with vulnerability and vulnerability is necessary for intimacy so we need these things but i guess like you're all in your statement you already said like not sharing inappropriate information so that's the question to me what what is it about it that makes it inappropriate what what about the statement of i have a mental disorder should only be shared with certain people um that's maybe yeah maybe unprofessional would be a better would be a better word uh for it like, okay. like if I walked into a <laughs> if I walked into a, a room with a bunch of teachers and I was like, hey guys, I'm horny. Um, mm-hmm. There's not necessarily anything wrong with being horny, right? There's no shame associated with being horny, but it's just not okay to tell people that. Um, or guys, I just farted. You know, there's like a hmm, you know, it's it's kind of weird yeah. to talk about. Um, so 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 for me, like I guess bipolar is like farting. Um, it's so yeah, but like I think part of that is that because one, it's just like it's the nature of the statement. Like, man, I don't want to think about that. But there's also like a level of like need. Like, I don't need to know that you're experiencing those thoughts at work. Like, it's not sure. helpful for me to know that. It is helpful sure. for me to for me to know 
if you're if you're bipolar that could actually really help our workplace dynamic if i had that information you're you're speaking to my soul i i I would love to be able to walk in and tell my students guys my meds are off leave Mm -hmm. me alone today (laughs) you know (laughs) And, and and you know what they would they would be receptive to it i mean just knowing my students they'd be like yeah dude sure um you know you're right I, I mean, I, and I get that. Uh, so, so I guess like for me, like the, the, the inappropriateness is not the material so much as it's the time and place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, but if I had diabetes, I wouldn't share that with my students either. You know, right. um, I, I don't think I would tell them that. I don't know. Um, I, I never really thought about like whether or not it's because of shame or because it's like not an adult conversation. That's a really, it's a really interesting thought process. Well, I guess, you know, one of the other things that we have listed here is about, like, whether society is structured against the mental ill. And I think that's kind of where I'm getting to, which is that do we not do this simply because it's not socially acceptable? Or might there be legitimate, decent reasons why you wouldn't just tell people this randomly? Um or you might tell them that you have that something you know that like you ha- deal with mental illness, but maybe not being so specific. Um, is there some actual value to that? Uh, and I don't, I don't know. Like uh, the, I keep on going back to this idea of guarding your heart. Like I think there is, you know, like it's helpful. It's it should only be shared in as much as it's helpful. You know, so if like um, if you're not at work because, you know, of an issue with your mental health and you you couldn't do an assignment, that might be a decent thing to tell somebody as an explanation. Um, if, you know, if you have to tell somebody, uh, you know, I uh, this is going on, you know, I, I, the way that I'm responding is because of these certain things that are happening right now. I'm changing medication or um, I'm really struggling with this new change in my treatment. Um, like that might be helpful information. And so I think, like, hopefully we get to the p- a point where in society where we can share those things that are helpful to share. But I still do think that there's a value in not expressing something so vulnerable needlessly. So I guess I'm trying to offer a, a counter argument that it's not just that it's not socially acceptable, that there might be some value in not sharing everything. We probably could go more on the spectrum towards it being acceptable to discuss in some fashion. But I don't want to imply that there, you know, that there isn't a reason, a valid reasons why we don't share everything about our personal mental progress. And and I would agree with that. And and we both know people who overshare um, right. about everything, uh, and it's, it makes for uncomfortable situations, you know. Um, and I, and I was, and I think like like for me, I err on the side of undersharing because of the fact that I don't want to bring more stigma to the thing, you know? So right. if I say I have bipolar and in, in, in a weird time and place, the person might be like, oh, that's because he has bipolar, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so very selective about when I divulge information because I don't want it to ever sound like uh, I'm talking about the illness because of the illness. And that's why <laughs> I'm sharing information, you know? Mm-hmm. It just like kind of delegitimizes it all. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of these other only other topics here uh, that you had written down was about role models that we've known or heard that help you um, that help you throughout your life. Like I assume you meant role models in, in regard to mental health. Is that what we're what we're talking about here? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> interesting is the wrong word. It's kind of 
Um, I feel a little bit tragic about it because some of my biggest uh, role model might be the wrong word, but influences comes from music when it comes to um, expressing emotions. And a bunch of my favorite musicians, you know, have died due to suicide. I mean, um, we talked about this the first time. They're like Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell were some of my like biggest influences, and they're not here anymore. So um, they're both really it, good influences to have. They're really good. yeah. It's yeah. just interesting to me. It seems like mental health is one of those things where it seems like you find out about it often later in people's careers. Um, and you know, maybe the, the best ones that are the the ones that are best at dealing with it, you never find out about it. Um, it's a very, and I guess this might go back to what we were saying. Like it's very difficult to be vulnerable enough to talk about something like that while you're going through it. And, um, and so even as like, it's kind of the weird line that we're like walking in this episode, like we, you know, I I want to share this because I'm I'm positive that there are other people like me that are going through a similar thing. Um, but at the same time, I can't let too much information out. Forget about the societal issue. Like, I don't want it to hurt. I don't want it to be too vulnerable for me. So sure. um, I think that's a very – maybe you can think of some good examples of people that um, that have been open about their mental health that, like, did very well. Um I'm Robin Williams is another one. Like, man, just so many amazing artists that that were public and open about their mental illness that ultimately um, succumbed to it. And so, yeah, maybe maybe you have some better examples. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah, um, Ellen Fournay is one that always stands out in my mind. Uh, she's a writer uh, and an artist. Um, she's actually still writing books. She wrote a book called Marbles a while ago. Um, that really was a huge, huge, huge influence on me uh, about her struggle with bipolar disorder. Um, still around teaching classes somewhere, I think in New York somewhere. I'm mm-hmm. not positive about the New York, but um, she really uh, was an amazing. Um, her 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 story was very was a very profound witness to like the coming to terms of medication and um, kind of how it affects us for the positive instead of the better. Because a lot of times when we take meds, people think that it's negative, and it's actually right. very positive. We're just not used to it. Um, there's a guy named Dale Chihuly. You ever heard of Dale Chihuly? Nope. He's a he's a glass artist. I, li- I like I like my I like my uh, I like my influences to be as obscure as possible. Um, <laughs> Dale Chihuly is a glass artist who's absolutely brilliant. Um, you, you'd know his stuff immediately if you saw it. Uh, but he uh, he has bipolar, and he. Um, has done multiple interviews with his wife talking about how they kind of get through things together and how he has really fascinating um, symptomology in his uh, uh, bipolar and how he needs her help and how they do it together instead of mm-hmm. kind of like how I fight this by myself, you know. Um, um, trying to think who else. Cat Power, you ever heard of Cat Power? Nope. She's a man. I'm batting a hundred, a thousand, about a thousand. I, I don't know anything about baseball. Um, Cat Power was a was a singer uh, who had an alcohol problem, uh, mental health issues. Uh, mm-hmm. She quit everything and kept going, and uh, her music's just as good. Um, so you know, like, awesome. like 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 there 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 are people. You know, I think we talked about this in the first episode. How like I don't like making people into martyrs for the cause because it doesn't help anything. 
So when I talk to my students about mental health issues, I talk about people like Truly and about Forney and about Cat Power because they they do it the right way and they survive. You know, there's nothing noble about fighting a mental illness your entire life than holding up with a shotgun in a closet one day and ending your life. There's nothing noble about that. It's sad and it's depressing and it's in a very real way, just like unnecessary, you know? Yeah, but that's, I agree with what you're saying and yet it feels dismissive to ignore the struggle that they went through all those years quote-unquote successfully like this is gonna sound really terrible but like he they didn't kill themselves 20 years earlier you know they... uh, that that's a good point um yeah i i guess like for me suicide is always avoidable um if you can find the right support system and you're willing to reach out to that support system i mean mm-hmm. suicide is pretty 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 uh pretty extreme end to things um mm-hmm. so you know i i don't necessarily think that it's always like i don't know i mean i i and i guess like for me the 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 danger is like the the glorification of the poetic nature of an artist who you know kills themselves because they can't handle life or whatever you know like like that right. is absolutely pathetic in my head it's just not real it's yeah. just not real um so you know i i, I just you're right, there is a real struggle, and I'm not trying to dismiss anything because, you know, I've lived it. Um, but I also understand what it's like to get help, and I know how right. doable it is if you can mm-hmm. do it right, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, I, don't, I didn't have an actual thought to end that with. I was going to go. <laughs> I was going to go somewhere else, but those are Thanks. those are excellent <laughs> examples that I'll have to that I'll have to look into more. I'll, um, I'll message you them later. <laughs> There you go. It's funny the, the as you were talking, the other examples that um, that came to my mind um, of people that, that were role models for me uh, when it comes to mental health. It, it, I don't know if it's so much mental health. Maybe it's just the way that they that they maybe that they're just mental traits that I really appreciate. Um, two of the biggest people that have influenced me in my um, my view of mental health and the world in general. Um, is Jordan Peterson and Brene Brown, and they they both come at it um, at mental health from two, from opposite directions, but they end up saying something I think very common, which is about vulnerability. Um, Peterson on his end is like, you know, really trying to identify what it means to like be a person and be masculine and strong, um, but he's is like a perfect example of someone that is, I think, very open about his emotions and being like overcome by them. And that, that's always struck me as something incredibly worthy of emulating is the idea of like, um, as a man, it's hard for me. I'll, I'll, I'll just say as a person, but it feels like a very masculine thing um, to really have having to have a hard time processing your response and emotions to things. Um, and when you see him like break down over something that means a lot to him, it's really powerful to me. Um, and Brene Brown on the other side talks about vulnerability. It's like her main thing is about the fact that you can't grow without being vulnerable. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've, I think that's something that I've, I know that they both struggle with that in their own personal lives. Um, I don't know the extent of their own mental illness, but obviously something that's important to them. So as far as things to emulate, uh, I think those are, are ones that I would point to. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you talking. I think it's kind of incredible that, uh, 
we're talking so close to the release of our last episode. This hopefully is progress. <laughs> I made a joke when I posted the episode that it's like your favorite semi-annual mental health podcast. So hopefully semi-annual. <laughs> Uh, it really is it was like six months ago (laughs) it was like the end of june Um, felt a lot closer than that (laughs) nope (laughs) so so hopefully we can do this more often uh we'll see we'll see how that works out but i would like to do it more often Um, absolutely so yeah i guess the last thing that i'll that i'll just say is that please uh if you are listening to this um, if you have any responses or feedback, either about the content or the format, they would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we have a Facebook page that this is posted on, Conversations for a Better Life. We've got a Twitter handle, Convo for Better. Um, so yeah, if you have any thoughts, I would greatly appreciate them. Miles, do you have anything that you wanted to talk about at the end? Can I, can I say uh, a quote for today? Yeah, there you go. Okay, let me uh, see if I can get this right. Uh, it's one by one of my heroes, Victor Frankl, and he says, uh, "In fact, what a man does not need is sorry. In fact, what a man needs is not a tensionless state, but a tension that is worthy of him." I love that. Yeah, very good. Okay, Miles, I appreciate it. You have a good night. Thanks, sir.